Greetings, I'm Curtis Joseph. This is In Depth. Disconnecting into apathy. In today's societies, there's a great sense of apathy. Why does it exist? I tend to wonder about that. Every day that passes by, as I look at the society that I live in, it's desensitized. Tremendously. Yes, people go about their own ways and live their lives. But with the advent of technology, as much as it's a good thing to have, it's strange it's also disconnecting us on a great level. Whether in a bus, we're in a train, we're at some events basically that is shared with other people, we rarely connect to the people around us unless it's some short, joyful moment of catching a hockey puck, a foul ball, um, um, like confetti being sprinkled all around us at some joyful party uh, celebration, or we're given freebies uh, like water or popsicles or what have you, or celebration for New Year's Eve. There's short joy moments in that, or even Christmas too. What's not often shared is an experience. Um, it's like when it comes to Valentine's Day, I mean, that seems to be on a more personable level with the party that you want to share that with, whether it's your significant other, your kids. Um, yes, different levels of love, of course, as I express this. But it's interesting that when when it's not any of these things I just previously mentioned, um, and it just comes to the state of basically being in spaces where you're going about your own way, whether you're on buses or trains, um, waiting in line, there's this neutral state of not connecting with other people. It's always, it's almost like being... I'd hate to say it, it's almost like being at a zoo without any barriers. It's just basically you stand where you are at, you look around, you see people. Almost you could say it's like window shopping, but on a different level. Looking for the sake of looking and sizing up people, questioning, judging. What are they like? What are they doing? But there's a sense of apathy where it's like that thought or thoughts fleet very quickly. Fle fleeing quickly to the point of like, like it's like, it's, I would not even, it's almost like milliseconds basically. It's there and it's gone. What keeps us comfort or keeps most of us comfort is the device that we have. Devices, sorry. The tablet smartphone but often in but often at times sorry it's the smartphone and granted it's true it's vital in our lives basically to stay connected to the people that we know and love but often enough it's an escapism it's not the same type of escapism as going to seeing a movie going to a sports event um, dare I say even going to a party because, yes, you are around people that you partially know, 
and people you have yet to know, but may know at the end of the night, on a friendly level, and platonic. And it's interesting that I find in my experience that when I'm ever on a train and a bus, basically there's this neutral state of people looking in the middle distance, that look you see on your favorite movie character or characters who get a knowing of something that is mentioned to someone by a second party and they stare and have this glazed look as if that knowing was always there but that person that second party needed to remind them of that knowledge they had within them but the look I, I'm seeing with people when I'm in those environments is not that. It's more of a disconnect looking at that black screen. That black window that's reflecting back at them when it's not height, when it's not, the image is not popping up. It's like, that is my protection. I will engage in that. The value of the people around me, as much as I'm aware of them, this is my focus. And granted, it's true. If you're entertaining yourself playing Candy Crush, or you're doing some, uh, doing some notations, or that needs to be done before you hit your workplace, that's fine, and that's great, and that's that's all on people who do that. Or you're listening to music. Everything within that device in itself. For you to not engage anybody around you is an escape. And as much as we have that and and the transportations that we take, it's the transportations that we take are not technologically to the point where we have holographic screens of image of avatars of people popping up in front of us talking to us about how is our day, what are we doing, how can we make your day better? We're not there yet. That's not it's mean that basically is like minority report or Blade Runner, or, or iRobot, or dare I even say AI. We're not there yet. It's not on Star Trek level yet. We're not there technologically. We, we're close to getting there, but granted, that's still going to take a waste time to tweak out to really be personable to each one of us, that the algorithms will understand who we are as people and what our true needs are to improving our day moment by moment, of course. Um, but this apathy, this disconnecting to apathy that I see, that it's like, it's just completely, there's this, I almost could say this blind trust when we're in these environments and people that we don't know, strangers in many crowds, as I like to think every day, because that's true, we're strangers in many crowds. And the many plethora of faces that we see out there, there might be two, five percent of people that we know, that, but they're in another pocket of the city that we don't know, but they're out there. And the only way that we would ever find out is that they called us and then they would let us know what where the location is at and we would meet, we'd meet up basically you would meet up they would meet up 
with their said party. But this disconnecting of apathy, does that, does that in any way improve the human condition? Yes, you have, we, like I said, we all have those devices to stay connected. And most often enough, in a prejudged manner, there are those that will judge other people for being too engaged by the devices to completely be devoid of humanity. Like, just not engage other people. It's like they only engage with people in their circle, their immediate circle, the people they feel give them value of importance. But if you're if you want to connect with new people, you're going to have to be open to the unexpected, be mindful and cautious, and have a discerned mind. Yes, this is what's been always talked about in our world, or in certain societies. Have a discerned mind. Be mindful of what you do and what you say and how you feel. And ultimately, depending on how one comes across to treat you, it's how it all comes down to the basis, how you choose to react. But what's interesting that basically this high level of desensitization, desensitize society, sorry, that we, um, society that we live in, yes, when we grow up to be adults, we are desensitized and a bit jaded about how we learned our life experiences in the way that we didn't expect to, but we had to learn to. And then when we come around to that same type of experience with a new persons into our lives, we're better careful of it, mindful. But and how we choose to react to it. Do we take it based on the bitterness that we experienced and learned to react in that in those situations? Or we do do we work on a higher level of awareness to react to it? So the people that that we have that we come into meeting new has a sense of, of acting in the way that they want. Do we are we apathetic to them? Like, okay, you're new. Okay, I don't know you. You haven't brought much value into my life. I'm like, so you know, I don't think they deserve that because they didn't do any inflict. They didn't inflict the type of bitterness that we gained and learned from our past events, and we're coming to something that looks familiar. They didn't deserve that. It's all like I said. It all comes down to how we react to the things that people do to us at the end, right? Do we choose to react differently than from the experience that we lacked before then coming, I mean, in terms of understanding, and then we learned how to deal with it. And then when we come into a new situation and we're seeing the same similar thing, tweak differently, do we choose to react to it differently than how we lacked to of acting it, acting it before because we didn't have that knowledge? But I digress. Apathy is a safeguard at times for us protecting ourselves from people. Like, okay, yeah, well, that's fine. Whatever. Like, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's, at times, it is warranted. But if it's a state of apathy where people die, and yes, people do die. We are all going to die. Every living thing is going to die. And as much as this may sound morbid, it's the fact of life. We all are going to die. How and when is up to time's agenda. And it's interesting, I've always said that. 
<laughs> to people that I know, um, even to strangers, basically, not on, on the cuff of just like, okay, you should know this. It's the fact is it's true. When you have a intrinsic, deep conversation with somebody, and it's and it's, say it's five minutes, and you pop a kernel of knowledge to them, and you say that to them, yes, it indelibly will leave an impression on them. Maybe not the fact that, like, yeah, it's that person, but it's more like that those words that were said and actually, uh, uh, and it really comes across in the end how it made them feel. And again, as the saying is true, um, that sage saying is that people don't remember what you said and did to them. They always remember how you made them feel. Apathy, when it comes to death and, ap and apathy, and you put them together, it's interesting that basically that with every constant death of people that we don't know, hundreds, thousands of people, and it has nothing, and most often the time when it has nothing to do with natural causes, basically based on the earth itself, whether it's earthquakes, um, you know, droughts, that's there's a different concern with that that's that's just going to always happen but when it comes to the human human connections it's very sad that basically that it's been systematically been in place that us as human beings especially when we don't know people we don't know the people that have passed away and yes we do understand that life has to go on time goes on Life goes on, whether we move with them or stay still. It Those things have their agendas. And for all intents and purposes, as much as that sounds laughable, it is very true. Very true. This is not just one man's truth. It's a fact of our world. Time and life have both their own. Actually, even better yet, too, I have to add, add Mother Earth. Mother Earth, time, and life have their own agendas. The human condition has to co-create with it. Otherwise, we would not be existing. This species would not be existing. It's understandable that animals, whether and whether cold to blood uh, warm animals, cold warm hearted animals, they co-create with. The planets they work with it they know their nature they know what to need to do they don't have the responsibilities that we as the human condition have and yes we can be grateful for a lot of things uh that's been blessed upon us and also we take highly for granted on a day-to-day -day basis but the state of apathy protects us for such a short time when it comes to things in terms of protection of self-preservation when it's like we don't want to get harmed again and we don't care or it's just you know it's just like you know you've got past it and you shouldn't give it much of a time today that's where it gets into the triviality concerning yourself with something that you got past and you learned through wisdom and you're still getting yourself caught up in it and you don't move on I put, like I said, I put myself in everything I am saying. I have been through that. I understand it. I am continually growing. 
and and it's true not only do we not know we don't know that we don't know and that openness is my suggestion is that is what's going to keep us thriving to learn more to grow because we can never claim to say we know everything if you're going to say you know we're going to actually if we're going to say we know everything that it's might as well say we know everything uh what the human condition has been made to be and that is that is very unfounded because it's not true we don't know everything about the human condition we're constantly it's almost because i find it interesting that we're it seems like the human condition is relearning what centuries ago generations learned but it's like we're getting a new re-kickstart we're relearning what they learned at an advanced state the only thing I seem to I seem to really see from the bigger picture, just what has been prominent in our golden age, is that there's a high level of sophistication externally around us. But what hasn't changed throughout the centuries is the state of apathy, based on the things that people wanted to be concerned with, in an empathetic level. So where it's apathy, it's like don't care, you didn't do anything for me. I don't care. Move on. Who are you? And and the thing is, I went on to get across in this, and it's not to be morbid. Is the fact is is that we, as a species, chose to be this way. And and it's always a choice. It's always a choice. There are not always going to be highlighted great days, good days, decent days. There are going to be bad days. It doesn't necessarily be it has to be tragic days it all comes down to the choices that we make and disconnecting into apathy where we're choosing to not connect to other people um, when probably many of us say that we're open-minded question yourself whether you're being you're pre-selecting your open-mindedness like you're like you have like a grid of like eliminate this eliminate that that's what i'm going to be open to and that's fine you you have we're tolerant we, we all have this stuff that's basically what we're tolerant and intolerant of but when it comes to openness openness seems to be a word that's used or, or even in its concept of pre-selecting what you're open about like in terms of as long as it doesn't offend you and that is fine protection is is a must in terms of you don't want harm done to yourself nor to others but if it's openness of elimination of people that you're open to want to connect with but you have a prejudgment about them because they haven't uttered a word of your mouth you've done harm to yourself as you've done harm to the other person based on the fact that you've already eradicated a situation you haven't given any full chance to explore with that person or persons it's really interesting it's really interesting that you know that's one thing in the human condition that hasn't changed and is in this 21st century and I say and I, as much as I could say I could look back on the past 20th century but really it's the 21st century in this growing state of apathy and as I said when I'm in the bus in a train and I see people looking in the middle distance and I do it myself, but I'm reflecting 
And like I say, I'm not saying what I do is better than anybody else. No, when I do it, I'm reflecting. So I give you an example. At times, I like to take out an, a notebook and write down my ideas of what I plan to do in terms of writing a, a book, like a novel, and or you know a children's book. And when I write it out, the odd thing that happens is that I can sense intuitively there's going to be people that are going to be watching me wondering what I'm writing. And when I look up, it's this inquisitive look of wondering is like, like that FOMO thing that comes out, that look on their face, fear of missing out. I get that look from these people, whether it's a man or a woman, it doesn't bother me if it's a kid or, you know, a boy or girl, it does not bother But when it comes to adults, men or women, no matter what age that they are, or even teenagers for that matter, it's the look of like they're wondering what I'm writing about because it's not a normal thing now. Like you have your device in your hand, that black screen, that black mirror in front of you, and you can do everything that someone can do in an old archaic way fashion of writing it down with a pen and a pad or pencil and a pad and you know, get your thoughts clear and presented before them, or yourself, or me, or you, whoever, we were doing it. So when I do it, I, I write it out methodically, and I look up after, let's say, 10 minutes, because I know I'm not near my stop. And when I look up, basically, yes, I'm, I'm aware, and I make room for the people that are coming into the doors, you know, into the, especially a train, and I make room, and I step aside, or I'm standing there, and I just skirt a little out of the way and I make room for them and I'm writing but yes I safeguard what I'm writing because I mean it's it's creative ideas that I don't know and it's not to be so overly cautious I'm so worried about no it's not that it's a fact instead you know what it's a courtesy of making space and having empathy for the people around me and just you know writing out my ideas holding it close to my chest metaphorically and just you know minding uh, minding myself until it's cleared up the space is cleared and then I can continue on what I'm doing. But when I look up after the 10 minutes or so, when it's maybe it's like an open, clear space and it's not completely packed, yes, I get the stares. And it's that FOMO look of like of wondering, like, what is he writing about? I'm, I can't pass the by and that they're not thinking this. But I don't worry. I'm secure in myself and I confidently know that, you know, they have nothing to worry about. But there's always that state of skepticism and wonder uh, and wonder of like what he's writing what is he doing it looks and it's like the strange uh stare i would have to say of like of, and it's almost in a childish manner in some ways not coming from me like i think it is like it's it should be projected as childish but it's almost like a, a weird warped way of looking of like why is he doing that why is he writing it's like you know where everybody else that's probably 95% of in that train is on their device. Most often enough, that I, as I find. Probably the same for you, probably the same for the people that you know in past conversations or even a present conversation that you might have with them today or maybe the next day. But it's like, it shouldn't be strange. It's just, it's an archaic way of doing things, but it's not a fad. It's not a trend. It's, it is relevant. It exists. It has existed for many centuries and it will continue to live on. Unless they invent a new form of a of a pencil, then you know I'm all for it. You know, and a new pad that you know that's better than parchment. But yes, that's why they'd have the devices like the smartphones and the tablets to do it. 
But but then again, but you're making constant mistakes. When you're writing with a pencil, you can erase it and you can do it over again or you can scratch it out. But with a pad and your uh, a tablet or your your smartphone, you have to lightly touch, swipe, lightly touch, back up, move forward, copy, you know, and like clip. And then so that the whole stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of tweaking, pencil, pad, erase. Crossed out, simple, right? So to each his own. But it's interesting that it's that FOMO look, that fear of missing out. And it's like they have nothing to worry about because it has nothing to do with them. But that's not me projecting apathy. That's not me thinking like, well, my what I'm doing in my space is more important to them. No, I'm in my space to focus on something creatively that needs to be done in that moment. Or moments that needs to be done that needs to get out of the way so when I'm at home or I'm at the library um, at the Toronto reference library from downtown I will do what's necessary to be done but I don't discard the fact that the uh, and lessen the value of the people that are around me these people are doing their things with their whether it's students in high school or, or university or there's college professors you know or people that's an architects you know, um, interior designers or, um, or contractors, who have you, who knows what these walks of life these people are, are upon in this present and going forward. I don't assume anything like that. When I'm there, I understand there are different people, walks of life. And I'm sure that's an idea that blips, that flashes in our mind in terms of like there's people, there's different people doing different things and that maybe it goes. And I wouldn't pass by that as well, but there are people who just don't think about it, just don't care, just have that apathetic state of being like okay i'm doing my own thing i'm with my friends going about our way let's look for a space then you see people that are ready to move and you're there to go so to fill up the space of course but this disconnecting to apathy this disconnecting into apathy where your space is highly more valuable than the people around you, especially when it's not your full space, where you're just in a shared space. It's interesting that when it comes to that, that's that's understandable because you're in a public environment. But when it leads into comes to people's deaths and people we don't know, and yes, we have this understanding systematically that we move on, and it's been by choice after centuries after centuries that basically it's by choice. Yes, we know this. We have to move on. Life happens. Mother Earth, life, time have their own agendas. They will move on without us. It's a fact. It's not my fact. It's the world's fact. And as much as many could say that's an illusion, that the Earth is an illusion, time is an illusion. Yeah. Hmm. We really need to be focusing on better things, like improving the human condition. For as much time as we are given on this planet, this living organism, we have a lot more things to be concerned about than how much we are putting ourselves in a disconnect state from other human beings and, safe, and solely safeguarding our individuality. Now, 
yes, it sounds right now I am pontificating, but I feel very deeply about this because I mean, the more that we can keep closely to our chest, this individuality that we hold to, the more we are being disconnected by people every day. Yes, we are connecting people that we are working around with, but how many people do we really connect with outside of our workspace? Yes, you put a value amount of time into the people that you connect with. There's an investment, investments. But when it's outside in a large crowd of people and the best chance you ever have of interacting with someone is, oh, I'm sorry you bumped into them, or here, I have another ticket here's for you and your friend, or tickets for you and your friend, here you go. You know, often, like I said, it would be, like I said in a previous podcast, it would be the catch of, like, what's the catch? Like, and it's always the choice of, like, do you really want to go through that? You know? And as much as I may sound like a jaded man and cynical, this is life wisdom, of course, we learn it in a similar way, but in a different perspective of how to project it. Like, like I said, this, this apathy, this disconnecting into apathy, we can choose to be in a space around with other people surrounding us and disconnect into that black mirror, that black screen that's that's staring at us. And whether we're giving that, that, that attention of quality time or unproductive time, is on the onus of the individual. But with it, but what's completely unavoidable is people. Like, one way or another, we're going to have to connect with people that we don't know and build a trust in the investment that we put into the people that, in one way or another, is going to help us move forward as we're going to help them move forward as well depending on what that is, comes to down to, do you want to entertain and put a charge of investment into the connection you want to make with these people or persons? Apathy, it is necessary, but it shouldn't be so harshly necessary that we're dismissing the human life around us, the human life that goes. Because hap apathy is can be a very detrimental and destructive thing to the human condition if we are dismissing life dismissing life especially with life of people that we don't know and we we carry on and it's yes it's true whether we see it in the news we read it in the newspapers or we hear it on talk radio and it's all great that this type of information needs to be given to people that want to know and they have that right I wouldn't say birthright, they have that right, that human condition right to know. But as I see it, it's this constant cycle of, I mean, it's not something I, I desperately see to look out. It's just projected out there. And I always am wondering, not with hope, I'm always wondering and knowing there is an undiluted truth out there for all of us to learn and gain a greater understandings of that um, it's like when is it going to stop like when is this apathy going to subside and balance with like alongside empathy where apathy doesn't have to be destructive 
doesn't help to have to be that will lead to the to a, a direction of complete destruction for the human condition when it comes to dismissing other life you can dismiss people at like because you feel they're they're maybe doing harm to you and it's like you know, i don't want that person in my life and you have that apathetic state of mind fine as people that you see yourself and you don't see value to yourself giving to them and they don't give value to you that's fine that's where we grow and move on and become more mature but if it's dismissing life or dismissing people that we have yet to know just on the factor of like because of this invincibility cloak as a or a shield or armor that i spoke of it's it's really interesting it's really interesting in in these times that that it's it's a constant choice it's like right side it's right beside negativity and for me taking that middle look being in the center being neutral about it and as much as i personally expressing my thoughts about it i come back to the middle point the centrist view that and take that stand is that basically we, we we're all crying out or those we are crying out as they say crying out for the balance wanting the balance wanting to manifest the balance it's it, it can't just be either or because i mean if there is no balance then what what does that say what does that really say about us as the human conditions us, us as a species we can't question about mammals or you know cold warm blooded creatures they are following their nature as us as the human condition us as human beings us as spiritual beings having a human experience are we doing the necessary things to move the human condition forward in societies within the cultures within all the level of things all the level of things within it in the arts in socialism politically are we doing the things necessary to move the human condition forward in the times that we in the times that we live in like being an actual participant in making the change and yes the choices are all up to us there's always this silent thing that I I've known within is that that hasn't changed like long before my time and as long before I any of our times and and I like to think that in the with the, the years to come yes I'm speak well now and the years to come that there is going to be progression not hoping that it's going to manifest it's going to manifest for all of us so on that note we can make a difference every human being on this beautiful planet can make a difference it's just the choices that we make and as my suggestion to you all seek the balance and never let the scale tip in favor of one side over the other it's about the balance for all of us remember 
Life is short. Live it to the fullest.